0: Welcome to Spark Creators, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. This podcast invites creators and entrepreneurs from all over to share their stories and ideas. We believe every kid is creative. It's just a matter of taking that first step and starting now. We hope this podcast can inspire you to create something that makes a difference in the world. If you want to stay inspired, remember to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play or visit us at peachandplumlab.com slash podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Spot Creators. I'm your host Lee Zen. It is wonderful today to have Kelly Dumont, the founder and owner of the Etsy store of her own brand, Kelly Dumont Vintage Botanical Handmade Stationery. Kelly Dumont grew up in a little town in the beautiful state of Michigan. She found a love for botanical prints a few years ago doing product design for a company in St. Louis. She took a love for design and everything vintage to start her own stationery business on Etsy. And it is fun to take something that is vintage and give it a new life, which is something she strives to do uh, for her stationery. So... She took the vintage prints and turned them into invitations, greeting cards, and personal uh, stationery. She is blessed to work back home in Michigan, splitting her time between her Etsy business and being a mom and wife. She definitely has a very good Etsy business because she receives over a thousand of five star reviews, yeah, as as far as I can see on her Etsy store. And today we're going to um, put this episode into a series of make printable products. So this topic will fit perfectly into our series. And we're going to chat a lot more into details of Kelly's process of creating and also how she runs her business. That's great. Hi, Kelly. Great to see you here. Yeah. Um, Spark creators. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful to have you here. So, I took that official introduction from your Etsy store. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add as your introduction or tell anything to our
1: audience? Um, that pretty much sums it up. I have um, two little children Sylvie and Ari, a girl and a boy. So um, how old are they? Sylvie is six and Ari is two. So they keep me busy and I fit in my Etsy work and all the gaps of time.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yep. Yeah. So since our podcast, we um, introduce our podcast mostly to a lot of young listeners and also parents. Um, so that's why a lot of the guest or creators we invite, we also ask a lot of Things related to their childhood. So, could you tell a little bit about your childhood? What kind of kids were you back then?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I um I was a bit shy, but um, not painfully, and I still managed to you know have some good friends. And I grew up with two sisters. I was the middle child, so um, we were all very different, but got along very well and. Um, I grew up, you know, a happy kid. I had a great family life and I always really liked art. I loved to draw. I loved to paint as I got older and was introduced to that. And, um, I think I always had a bit, you know, of a inner drive that helped me through school. I was always a good student and my parents didn't pressure me too much, but I think I put that pressure on myself
0: got it self-driven basically (laughs) yeah 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 so like what does your parents do like or your sisters do they have some kind of artistic you know um like characteristics so that you guys play together and do arts together or were you the only one in your family who are artistic
1: i'm the only sister um I don't know. My dad, I think, had more of an artistic side. He um, is in a band, and um, but he also has a um, a business side to him. He's an on- well. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. Uh, they have a grocery store in my uh, the town I grew up in, and eventually my dad um, took it over. All me and my two sisters—that was our first job is working there. So I think. It gave us a good work ethic and he was always, you know, the customer is always right and that kind of stuff that you you get working in that, you know, type of environment.
0: Got it. Yeah. So do you think there's anything that you think your family have impacted or passed on to you a lot that, um, you know, like kind of affects how you think or your career choice or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think definitely the fact that my dad um, owns his own business, and he's always very involved in the community, and growing up and seeing that definitely had an influence on me. Um, I think when uh, I got a little bit older, I met a couple of really great role models, and I think they... Impacted me even more so that we can get into, you know, as as, as we get through the podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah, definitely later. Yeah. So as a tradition of our podcast, we always ask our, our guest about like one to two keywords of how they describe something they really believe in, you know, yeah. that like keeps them going or um, some kind of characteristics, you know, something that actually drives them. So what about you? what are the two keywords if you would choose?
1: Sure, Um, uh, that was a tough one for me, but I would say freedom is a great one. I feel like we're all lucky enough to be, you know, living where we are. We have the freedom to choose our own path, and I was very lucky to choose this one, uh, although, you know, it wasn't a straight path. Everyone has their different twists and turns on their way. Um, so I feel like that's, um, you know, if I ever get down or overwhelmed, I, I know is it's my choice, you know. So freedom is a big one. And then also just happiness. I feel like if you're not happy in what you do, you need to change, you know, change your route, change your path, and find what does make you happy, although that's not always the easiest thing, but I think uh, that's the most important thing in life, so.
0: Now let's actually dive into a little bit about your artistic, you know, sides, um, where how you create your handmade stationery, and because you're definitely an artist, and You are from the creative field. And so tell us a little bit about your artistic or creative journey. What led you to making your own vintage Botanical Stationery?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, like I said, I always um, was interested in art. Um, But I uh, was very lost when I was in high school trying to decide, you know, you have to decide your career path, or some people even decide younger, and, um, you know, you're young and you don't know exactly what you want to do the rest of your entire life. so i uh I consulted with my art teacher, and she thought I would do well in interior design. And so I took that, and I ran with it. And I uh, attended a college, an art college, earned a BFA. An interior design in Grand Rapids um, called Kendall College of Art and Design. And when I was there, I had an internship with a custom home builder, and I met a very inspirational person. Um, the interior designer I worked under, her name was Mary Buchma, and She was the kindest, warmest person I've ever met, and she was also very intelligent, and she, you know, told me I could do whatever I wanted to do, and helped me along the way, although at that point, I thought my path was interior design. Um, Then, but immediately, I graduated in 2008, and my husband wanted to go to chiropractic um, college for grad school, which was in St. Louis. So then I uh, was thrown into moving immediately after I graduated. We got married and moved. And luckily, uh, Mary that I had been interning with knew another lady uh, by the name of Kelly hall Barr. Um, she had her own company in St. Louis, and honestly, she's the bit of the type that is a Martha Stewart, I would say. She, in every sense of the way, she has the business side, the creative side, um, yeah, all of it in the package, and she was amazing to work under, although when I first started there, I, um... Worked in her boutique. She has a fragrance and apothecary business called K Hall Designs, um, which has since expanded into other brands as well. Um, So she had a boutique with home goods and fragrance, her fragrance line. So I would work there. I would go in the warehouse and label candles. It was not my idea of graduating from interior design. And, you know, that wasn't the the idea I had definitely. Um, however, she, um, eventually kind of learned that I knew design programs and all that computer stuff. So she let me help her out and she was going to be starting a new line. So I got pulled into the design team, which I say team, but it was just me and her and one other guy. And, uh, So that's where uh, I was introduced to, um, actually I was introduced to Vintage Botanical Prints through her. Uh, She um, grew up in northern Michigan, actually, as well. Well, I'm lower Michigan, she's northern Michigan. And um, she always had a love for botanical prints. And she wanted to design her fragrance line, Simpatico around vintage botanicals. So we took um, all these beautiful prints and designed packaging for the fragrance line with diffusers and candles and lotions. And um, so I kind of switched gears into graphic design at that point. Um, Got it. And I really loved it. I realized that maybe that was more for me. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I got the whole uh, bug in my ear. She even said at one point, like, someone really needs to do more with these, you know, and I think that just stuck in my head. And when I was moving home, it was like a turning point. Uh, We were probably ready to start a family at that point, and I didn't want to be in the workforce working full-time and trying to raise kids so um I thought I would try a couple things see if anything could get me a stay-at-home job
0: yes got it yeah so did you at that time did you use watercolor or like um acrylics or did you you know you, these uh, materials to paint like to do the um uh, vintage botanic like um stationery or, or the type of drawing you know or did you use like design softwares like illustrator and photoshop and those kind of things to make your own design
1: yeah so the process I use is um I have I find or I purchase um vintage botanical prints that are predated. Uh, I think it's it's in the 1970s where it's free public domain. Yeah. And then yeah. um, a lot of times I do edit the colors, edit the shapes. Uh, you know, right now I'm working on a design for a customer. She wanted mountain bluebirds and I don't have... I cannot find mountain bluebirds. <laughs> so then I will take something and make it to look like that th- through photoshop so um it's a lot of changing up what i find but it originates from an original vintage botanical print
0: got it got it yeah so why did you decide um to focus on vintage botanic um stationary not like other topics mm-hmm. because with your skill you can totally you know like cover some other topics like maybe animals right mm-hmm. um yeah like uh, c- sceneries and yeah even figures you know like character yeah figures and so why what are the consideration behind it um besides that you had the experience working previously for the lady right, right. yeah
1: yeah um when i first started my shop i think one of my first sets of cards did have animals in it but it The vintage animals that I have found are not, usually not very uh, attractive. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I could go and, you know, make up some work of my own for sure. And it has crossed my mind at times, mostly back when my shop was smaller. Like, do I want to mix it up or do I want to have two shops or, you know... all that crosses your mind, but um, Etsy has really stressed um, keep a good uh, theme in your shop. Keep, you know, the look so that you stand out yeah. as um, cohesive. So yeah. I, I have fooled around with it and um, made some things on my own, but never went through with it. Um, yeah. I even took a, a letterpress course, so I know how to letterpress and I love it but um when I looked into adding it to my shop or opening a secondary shop um you know like there's a saturated market of stationery and I kind of started thinking maybe I'm just in the right spot my stationery I would say is probably middle class, you know, for the middle class, and I think once you get into letter pressing, the price goes way up, so, um, and hand-drawn, I mean, I know you can make copies of the hand-drawn, but uh, the more time you spend, the higher the price is going to go, so I just thought, well, I'm going to stick with what is working, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially in this market, like, uh, or when you have an Etsy store, if you focus on one topic, like, you are known for yes. as the expert, you know, in this niche. Mm-hmm. And then people would respect that. Oh, when I think about botanic stationery, I think about Kaylee, you know. True. So it's very easy to make that connection. But if you have a variety of products, yes. especially if you're not running as a company, then mm-hmm. it's hard to make everything stand out, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's all
1: I mean, there's yeah. also there's so many items. I mean, I've made so many lists of items I could introduce to in my yeah. shop, and some I find the time to do, and some will be on my list for years.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So there's so much I can do with it that yeah, I don't see a reason to switch up to the theme.
0: Yeah. To basically penetrate this deep market mm-hmm. first and then once you run out of ideas maybe yes. you can think about other topics yes. and yeah. and i
1: also think um vintage botanicals have a classic appeal where it's not going to go out of style yeah. um there's things that will come about that it's a there are a trend that really catch my eye like last year and probably will still fall into this year i remember uh metallics and adding like gold foils and whatnot I was like oh that's so beautiful um how could I manage to add that in but it is such a modern you know it's such a modern design that I was like okay it's just not gonna it's not gonna fit in for me It's this is me that's them they can have that and I think yeah everyone has their own niche this is
0: like could be a tip for a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. too you know like in this modern world like we it like information it's so accessible that it's easy to get yourself distracted on a lot of fancy stuff you know like so people chasing the fancy objects because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to like you know access and you think it's easy to make and you just um, start getting all over the place and so I think one thing that what we can learn from you is definitely know what you can do and then know your strength and sometimes stick to it it might be better than you expanding it to a you know like without boundaries so mm-hmm. that people might not even know what your brand represents for anymore yeah I, right? you have so to, like, I, know I love that idea
1: yeah for sure yeah
0: yeah yeah especially for early starters you know Mm. like who wanted to say oh i want to do this i want to do that i want to do everything in the brand or in the business but especially when you get started you it's probably for you to focus on something get to know you know like you were known for that thing and then you can move forward to expand yeah once you have like more people and resources yeah i agree in the future yeah that's that's great yeah so in terms of uh, the making process yeah. Um, what kind of paper, art supplies or tools do you use? You mentioned a little bit, right? Like mm-hmm. about combining the handmade and also um, if the customers have a different request and maybe you use photoshop or um yeah things like that so what the process is like and how long would it take for you to make a certain thing from scratch and then launching it on store yeah it's a long question but (laughs)
1: um so that was another thing that um kelly that i worked for in st louis she i I don't i mean she wasn't didn't know I was in me- creating this business, but just in her business, and she had given the tip of like keep your materials uh you know minimal, stick to you know don't get too crazy with it, or you're gonna have so many things to keep on reordering you know you have you have to have a log and Know when you're going to be running out of this and order it in time so you don't run out and then there's a customer waiting. Um, so I do try to keep it, yeah, you know, very pared down, but um, I offer just white and cream um paper, which my usual is cream because of the vintage look.
0: How thick are they? Are they watercolor paper, or yeah, I just wanted to know like.
1: Um, my paper is 80 pound and it's a felt finish. Um, I don't think it's actual watercolor paper. I think it is used for stationery. Um, but I don't, people have really responded well to it. And I have used the same paper for the entirety of my shop. I've gotten it from different places, but it is like the same paper. So... I know. I, every now and then I'll have a customer request for a very heavy stock if they have an appeal to that. Um, and I will special order it for them. And, you know, obviously that's an upcharge, so they have to know that. And if they're good with that, then usually if they're asking for it, they know that it's going to cost them more. Um, but, yeah, I like it. Um, the printers that I use are... I have three printers right now. Typically I have two, but as my shop is growing, I just feel like I'm collecting them. (laughs) Um, So I have a large professional printer. I have all Canon printers. I like the photo quality of them. Um, And then I have two smaller printers that, um, you know, I print on a lot of small envelopes, particularly, actually I have them right here, little seed envelopes. Are so tiny. Oh my gosh, it's cute.
0: It's like a business card size. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That um, yeah. When I started doing those, I actually printed them on uh like a quarter page size, and then I would have people requesting for the little, and I was like, I don't know if I can get that to run through a printer. So eventually, I did try it, and I found you know took a little trial trial and error finding a printer for those. So, yeah, my smaller printers will do those. My largest printer does not like those. (laughs) But, um, yeah, my other materials are mainly packaging. So I stick with um, a classic packaging. I, like, craft tissue for packaging. And then it's easy for me. Like, I make paper tags for my shop. I also put paper tags on my... Um, packages. I'll do a gift tag if customers market a gift, or I put a thank you tag with my logo on it for, yeah, for every order. Um, And then my shipping stuff, I stay pretty basic. Other than um, some cardboard envelopes that are for the small orders, um, I use all of USPS boxes because Etsy has made it pretty streamlined to use their service you can print your labels right at home for those so I can literally not leave my house I can just put everything in my mailbox unless I have a ton of orders and then I have to go to the post office (laughs) which is fine
0: got it yeah but when you make the first very first um like drawing or painting Mm -hmm. what kind of material like do you use is it watercolor or is it um acrylic
1: it is the same paper
0: oh the <laughs> same paper
1: the, the stationary paper yeah
0: the stationary paper yeah but but when you use the the material like the brush yeah. you know and then so is it watercolor or acrylic or so wash?
1: i am not physically painting oh really okay so I, it is sorry about that i am taking the vintage print i will either Scan it in or if I have it already on my computer, I will Got take it. it and manipulate it, put it into my design, print it, cut it. I have a little paper cutter that's the same paper cutter I've used since I started. Um, and then I fold them, cut them, put them in a box. <laughs> so
0: I can say it's actually
1: more digital print. Yeah, yeah. Someone hand painted them just years and years and years ago. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> like some of them are from the 1800s. Got it. Got and it. it's kind of me like touching up. A lot of them will have very, uh, you know, dirty paper and I have yeah. to clean it up. And, yeah. But I'm doing that all on Photoshop.
0: Got it. Yeah. So yeah. for you, for your side, is the digital process but combining with printing so that, but mm-hmm. it still came out, almost look like, you know, it's handmade because it was handmade. Yeah. yeah. And yes. then, yeah. And has this quality paper, you know, and everything looks like it's very crafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like handmade. That's great. Yeah. So, so how long would that take? Is it a fast process?
1: Um, Are you saying to complete an order or to make a design? Like,
0: Like from beginning till end. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. from launching your one piece, you know, from touching it in Photoshop Mm -hmm. and all the way to like, oh, now it's ready on Etsy for people to buy.
1: Yeah, um, so if I'm working on a, say, a wedding invitation, um, I'll take a week, maybe two weeks, you know, and just keep working on it. Um, until it's just right, and a lot of times, um, a lot of times I'll be working with the customer that has made a request, and then we'll kind of talk back and forth about uh, what they would like to see, and I'll make sure it's what I would like to see too. And um, so, yeah, so I would say a week to two weeks to make the design. And that's including, that's me working in Photoshop. And um, I eventually move it into InDesign. Once the colors and uh, the artist artistry part, I guess, is all set, I like to do the text in InDesign, Adobe InDesign. And so I move it into there. And then uh, I can just put in all the customers' custom text. Um, well, if I'm going to be listing it, I'm not using their text, I'm I'm making it up. I literally just make it all up. So I always try to put the location somewhere in Michigan since it's, I'm in Michigan, I just like adding that touch. So um, I don't know, lip, I have to print it and photograph it, which yeah, that just takes a day. And then I edit the photos, uh, you know, that'll just take me an hour and then listing it. You know, listing an item probably takes an hour, so maybe less, depending what it is. It's just figuring out your keywords uh, that you know people are gonna be searching for, and then writing a good description up. So it can take, you know, it's not too bad. It's
0: because the process, you know, you're already very familiar with, and it's getting faster and faster, too. Yeah that's great so do you receive a lot of um like wedding invitation or customized you know like uh, stationary requests from people and uh would, would, would are those like your main um like request or is mm-hmm. it mostly for the pieces that you already have on etsy that people are ready to buy you know you just need to yeah. It. um
1: mostly what people buy is already there Um, But I do uh, get, you know, a handful of custom orders a year. And it also depends on the time of year. I I just wrapped up the holiday, you know, season that I'm going to be mainly doing personalized stationery for gifts and folded greeting cards and Christmas cards. And then as soon as Christmas is done, I shift into wedding season, so um, the seed envelope favors have been uh, those I just inter- introduced in the past two years, and uh, those have really gotten popular, and and then just the wedding invitations and programs and all that. Got it, got it.
0: We talked a little bit about like how stationary itself it is a very saturated market, you know, mm-hmm. and because there are a lot of huge brand out there like Hallmark and yeah you know American greetings and papayas like so many greeting cards company producing mm-hmm. those like, different type, variety, and very fancy cars out there. And they can sell up to, like, 5 or $7 a piece, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and then people... A lot of times people just rush to the store and get their greeting cards. You know, each grocery store have a whole aisle of greeting cards and that kind of stuff. And so I we can totally say this is a saturated market where a lot of competitions are going on out there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that makes your product that stand out and people still want the vintage, you know, botanical type of cards rather than those ones that are selling, you know, in Walmart, Target and... Yeah, American greeting cards and Hallmark.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, I try to keep my price at a good point, but um, I just think that I am surprised by how many people um, buy my sets of cards as a gift, Um, whereas I wouldn't necessarily go and buy a Hallmark card as a gift. Um, you know, there are bigger brands out there that, you know, like rifle paper company or something that do sets of stationery and whatnot. But I think the Etsy customer is looking for something unique. And um, so, yeah, it's Etsy is all about making yourself unique. I think that my photos stand out a bit. Um, I did buy a professional camera when... about when I started and so I use that for my photos um I over time have streamlined uh like the background of my photos I use a piece of linen because it goes with my vintage theme and then um I do edit the photos in photoshop to just give them you know some life so I think making your photos stand out. And I think Etsy has really pushed that in the past year. Etsy photos have gotten a lot better. I think when I'm shopping on Etsy, I can see the improvement every seller has made. I used to look through and it's like, oh, you're looking through so much bad to find that little gem that's great. But now there's so much good. (laughs) There's so much good. And so, yeah, it is harder to make yourself Stand out but I think when you have a unique product um one of I'm trying to think which one of my role models Mary or Kelly said it to me I think it was Mary she was like I was worried that you know at some point people are going to stop buying my product like it'll go out or whatever and she just said you know keep creating and they will always keep buying so that kind of stuck with me and always coming out with something new. Um when my shop slows down for a couple of weeks, I would love to just, you know, rest. <laughs> but I try to get myself to hop on that to-do list and get some new product out because the newer stuff is going to get higher in the Etsy search. And um the newer stuff and the stuff that's selling is the stuff that's going to come first in the Etsy search. So, it's kind of important to just periodically do something new or even I feel like when I am adding or editing listings, they seem to start selling more. So, I think there's something to that as well, but um yeah, I don't have a secret secret sauce it just has to be a good product
0: (laughs) and uh, the etsy's policy actually pushes you to uh, create new products and always uploading new pieces so that it can be found more by customers yeah on etsy definitely yeah yes we talked you know touched a little bit about Etsy store and I would love to get into you know more details of your business so tell us when you um started your Etsy store and how you started it yeah
1: okay um I started my Etsy shop in 2012 so I've had it for almost eight years and um I started it thinking it would be um mainly greeting cards and uh I threw in one um invitation, wedding invitation design. Uh it wasn't something I thought I would end up doing wedding invitations, but I, I just thought I would throw one in. And um for about six months I had zero sales. Wow. <laughs> so the there's a key to being patient for yeah. sure. <laughs> Um, and I also think there's a snowball effect once you do start selling. So um, once a couple things sold, I realized I had a customer buy quite a large wedding um, set. So I realized at that moment how great wedding <laughs> weddings are because I was like, oh, I sold this card set and made you know, $10, and I sold this wedding set, and I just made $500, so I really started pushing out a lot of wedding designs, and the more I listed, the more it started picking up, and yeah, as soon as it started selling, it continued. It was just that, getting that initial sale I felt like Got in the it. beginning.
0: Got it. You mentioned a little bit about the process behind the business where you only need to actually package everything at home and leave it at your mailbox and then the you USPS Sky will pick it up. Yeah. So it's a relatively mm-hmm. easy process. Unless you have a huge order, you are going to the office to mail it yeah, out. But usually in a day or so, like let's say regular, like a day, how many orders would you receive that you have to, you know, like deliver out?
1: Um. So I try not to work on the weekends. And that is um, when I get most of my orders. So, I try to really get the um, order count that's in my like Quay down on Friday by Friday. And then I, it can build up over the weekend so that I'm not so overwhelmed on a Monday. But um, you know, you'll still get some orders trickling in in the week. But typically, uh, these days, I can have anywhere from 20 to 35 orders waiting um but you know they i have it set so orders take you know about three to five days unless it's a wedding that takes longer but um to ship so i can you know just keep getting them out getting them out and it just it kind of flows you know as it needs to got it
0: so um You also told us a little bit that in the beginning, when you run this Etsy store for six months, there's no like no customers, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the lessons you learn is that it takes patience. And also, once you have customers come in, and it will start generating you know more traffic, and the snowball roll you know started gets rolling and everything. But during those six months, though, like in the very beginning. Uh do you think was there something wrong or is it just really takes time to kick in for the, mm-hmm. you know, search results and traffic or just rank on Etsy, you know, for this specific category? And what's your learning right. behind that? Especially for someone who gets started. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to wait, wait for six months, you know, to get something mm-hmm. going?
1: Like, yeah. Anything you learned? Um, yeah, I mean, you have to just stick with it, but I Um, I remember I was told, you know, if you really like something, like you're drawn to it, there's going to be other people out there that are as well. So I just knew that there was people out there, you know, that would like it. I just needed to connect with them somehow. And, you know, there is a lot of items on Etsy. So to get up in the search is the most important thing. Um, I did join in the beginning, there was a couple teams, Etsy teams that I joined, and I could ask. It was kind of nice to be able to speak with other Etsy sellers and ask questions because you do feel a little on your own. And so speaking with them, back then we had a different, you know, there's different algorithms for Etsy back then than there is now. So at that time, um you could create a front page like you know the front page of Etsy is all your like stuff that you would be drawn to personally they know that through your favorites and what you've been looking at back then it was actually um all these teams would make um a beautiful like collection of stuff that really went together like you know a valentine's theme or you know so you would give your best, your items that you thought would look good to your team and then they would make the page and then I'd say put it up. Um, so the algorithm is changing all the time. I think that that did help me being on that team and getting on the front page a couple times really helped me. I got sales because I was on the front page. I was like, whoa, why am I getting a bunch of sales for this item? And then I realized I was on the front page.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> because of the beautiful, you know, like, yeah, look that it has so yes. that they wanted to feature you on the front page and that brings you traffic. Yes. Got
1: it. But uh, probably even now, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, you you want to kind of go with the seasons and go with the trends that are on Etsy and you could still, you know, get higher in the search then and whatnot because of that and get get onto individuals' own pages because, you know, they're going to be looking at, right now, the Valentine's thing is in my head, but uh, they're going to be looking at that kind of stuff. So you want to kind of have a couple things for the season.
0: So basically, now it's been a couple years. I'm wondering, do you uh, still rely on just the Etsy organic search traffic where people mm-hmm. all go online and then just find you know look for grading cards and they find your store or do mm-hmm. you personally do some marketing um ways mm-hmm. to drive traffic you know to your store or to your site so that people are coming from all over the place yeah
1: yeah um I do do um some Etsy ads the you know the ads when you're scrolling through it will just say in- corner that it's an ad. Um, Though The items that I do that for are typically items that I think really
0: popular.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think will be popular, but they're not yet. Got it. My items that are already popular, there's no need to pay for an ad. You're just kind of wasting, in my opinion, I would be wasting my money because they're already going to be higher in the search. So, and and items like a wedding invitation, those aren't going to be bought as much. You just have to know, like, that's an item. It'll be purchased less often, but you'll make more from that item when it is purchased. But um, I don't really do any other marketing besides that, but I have really focused in the past two years on my keywords and titles. Um, I actually had my husband um, work on those for me and he really like searched out you know the right wording for those because you do want to have the terms that people are searching for Uh, I do have an Instagram for my Etsy shop but that's one of my goals in 2020 to get better about posting because I'm pretty bad at it Um, I I bet the younger kids will be better at it than me
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know there are a lot of tools out there where you can schedule posts so um, uh, later maybe i yeah, definitely true. yeah definitely email you some links that will make mm-hmm. your life much easier oh, That would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah because you already have all these pieces all you need is to schedule them you know into the week or days and then right. i know it's like it's a lot of hard work to manually post things yeah and yeah yeah definitely uh, i will i will I i'll send you a link yeah, with that
1: mm-hmm. that'd be great
0: Another thing, it's about, you know, having an Etsy store or even, you know, selling on Amazon and selling on any other platforms. People rely a lot on peer review, you know, like just the reviews we yeah. receive. And you have some amazing reviews, like, and they're all five stars, the thousand, thousand of them, you know. And so I just wonder, do you have ways to encourage people to write you reviews um, because you have really good and positive reviews from mm. customers, yeah. Or is it just all organic? People just say, oh, I love your product and,
1: yeah. Right. Uh, mainly, I would say it's all organic. Uh, I don't encourage customers to write reviews, but Etsy is very good. Um, I mean, when I purchase from Etsy, you know, you get an email like, oh, you need to review this, and I think the Etsy customers – Know that uh, the Etsy shop owners need those that feedback because they are just someone at, at you know at home or at their own home office versus someone on Amazon. You think you know you're buying from a bigger company typically. So I am way like personally way quicker to write an Etsy review because I want to tell that seller like being a seller myself. I want to tell them that I really liked it. And so I think, yeah, I think it's an Etsy thing that Etsy Etsy shoppers write more reviews than other websites.
0: Got it. That's great. Yeah. So you didn't actually push it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I, yeah, yeah. I used to, uh, I interviewed a a previously a um, family, you know, who have their earring business and uh, they actually sent me some gifts yeah for like some earrings for free and but even though it is like that in the process though i found they have really good system to um you know keep you updated with your delivery and email you yeah yeah email you with a uh, basically um just like a template or something that you can write your review right in the email i was like wow that's so Mm -hmm. smart yeah easy to access and makes me feel personal to connect you know to their store yeah but okay that's great to know Um, oh, another thing about about like the business aspect is the pricing, right? Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of like young entrepreneurs might not know how to price the product or something. What did you learn in the process of how to price your product? Um, did you have to decide what kind of you know cost associated with it? or did you compare or looked at other similar products or what is your decision on a specific price?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely do compare before I list something. I don't want to be way high or way low. Um, But when I first started, I, you know, even had an Excel spreadsheet of, you know, my materials costs. And then um, I don't remember what the algorithm was that Etsy gave, but uh, in the Etsy seller handbook is like, a Bible <laughs> for a new Etsy seller uh, I refer to it so much you should read as much of it as you can uh, so yeah they gave some kind of algorithm like you know you should figure your materials and what it's costing you to make and then multiply it by like three or something like that so um, I would look into that and uh, basically yeah adding the expenses my materials my etsy fees shipping and taxes uh and then also i would time myself how long it would take like i would literally set a timer how long is it going to take me to make this set of cards and then i would think about what hourly wage do i want to be making and then i would kind of figure a price out through that um and then yeah, and then I would compare and make sure I'm in the ballpark.
0: Got it. So it's a lot of mixed of yeah, thinking and also yeah. learning from <laughs> my <yeah>. brain's
1: everywhere. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yeah, definitely. And so right now you think all the customers actually are happy with the price you set for them?
1: Yeah. Um I mean I would say the reviews seem to be positive and then um uh, yeah, I just recently, I'm getting a lot more return customers these days as, like, my shop is getting, you know, it's eight years old now, crazy, but, um, so it is fun to have a lot of return customers now, especially around the holidays, and, uh, I, I have had a couple of people, you know, thanks for keeping these affordable, um, I mean, my price has slightly gone up over the years just based on inflation and, you know, uh, Etsy fees, I think, have gone up like 2% since I started, but it's still doable. And um, yeah, Uh, taxes are definitely important to think about because those can like really shock you when you realize how much you're giving. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. So so you're still like filing it as a business or is it through a 1099 through your business
1: uh yeah i do a 1099k yeah.
0: got it got it so that probably will cost you a little more <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah the percentage
0: is a little higher definitely mm-hmm. yeah okay we are going to uh wrap up a lot uh, you know a little bit about our conversation so my last two questions um related to recommendations and so Our podcast, we encourage young creators to start doing something either by themselves or with their parents' help. And do you think it's possible for some young creators like who are in middle school or high school who have certain maybe love for printable products as well? And is it possible for them to run their own Etsy store? And with this years of experience that you have, What are some recommendations or things you would tell them uh, to do at the early stage to get started?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say they could start their Etsy shop now if they have a, you know, if they have a direction that they want to go and, you know, have a theme that they think would be good. I wouldn't rush opening your shop until you definitely know what your product is going to be Uh, because I'll get people asking me sometimes I want to start an Etsy shop and I'm like okay I can help you what do you want to make and I "I don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes
1: I'm like okay well (laughs) I can't help you (laughs) yeah
0: yeah at this moment so um
1: but yeah obviously they like I said they need to be patient but Um, and listen to your customers Uh, I'll I'll get requests and whatnot Um, right now I was getting just a a couple requests that they want a set like with full florals you know my variety sets sell really well uh, but there's florals and ferns and trees and a lot of people want all flowers so I'm going to listen to them and right now I'm working on making that So custom requests are good. And then, um, let's see, if you, um, you know, you love it, other people are going to love it. I would say, you know, definitely keep going with that. But don't be afraid to have your parents help on it when you're this young because right now you're at the age where it should just be fun. Um, Let them help, you know, if they're willing, help you with the business side more and you enjoy the creative process and let that grow. You know, I, I think that's important.
0: Yeah. So a lot of parents help with the marketing or setting up the mm-hmm. business, you know, like run some daily, um, yeah, like pieces rather than letting the kids do those logistic things. Yeah. So kids yeah. can focus they on can the They can learn creating. that later. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even like how I had my husband help me with keywords. That was just something I dreaded doing. So, and it was overwhelming to me. So if they can have help with that kind of thing, it will let them create, you know, a lot more, like have the freedom to create versus being bogged down and overwhelmed by all the business side. All right.
0: So my last question related to, you know, being a parent. So you are a mom and what is your biggest hope for your own kids? And do you have any, um suggestions for parents who are out there who have kids may also enjoy doing making stuff you know like making crafts or creative you know drawings and stuff like that
1: yeah um i definitely think i hope that my kids will find in life what what drives them because um you know i found something that drives me and it really Gives you know your life happiness and purpose, and all you know. I feel like I still need to have a response, responsibility, but I can also be have a creative outlet, and uh, just balancing time is very important. I have such a drive for my work sometimes that I, uh, you know, also need to remember (laughs) I have kids that. I love and adore and I want to see them grow up. So I hope they can be entrepreneurs someday too. Um, We'll see what their love is for. I hope at least one of them is in the creative field like me, but you never know. I think everyone will find their right path, even if it's not the same as mine.
0: Definitely, yeah. You have the greatest hope for your kids, but it still depends, you know, on them what path they choose, what kind of interests they Mm -hmm. would be, you know, like tackle in and then later they wanted to put their love and passion for. So so as a parent, you keep your doors open, you know, and just guide them anytime when they need you. But even if they are on the path that is not something that you chose for them, but you'll still go fully support them, basically, in -hmm. that way definitely yeah great thank you so much kelly yeah i really enjoyed our talk yeah thank you so much for giving us a view of you know the ins and outs and details of your creating process and also the business that you run on etsy and it's so important um for a lot of you know parents and kids and even creators in general, just to learn a little more about the business aspect, so that they can use their creative work, you know, to um, either express themselves or to support them or to make a living, you know, to do something more amazing that can reach out to the to the world, you know, to people like yeah. who love their products. Yeah. Yes. So that's
1: And that is amazing about Etsy is you can sell all over the world. So it's a great platform for that. I get so excited when I get orders from overseas and various places.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And you are the first Etsy store owner that I interviewed. So thank you so much for giving us the, you know, like the tips and some, yeah, like inside views and suggestions for us to learn how to start or even run the Etsy store. Have Mm -hmm. patience. Yeah. And make yourself to the front page, you know, (laughs) important for you to advertise your product and just keep improving your title and, you know, like the way how you name your product and keep producing Mm -hmm. and keep... Keep um, pushing your products, you know, out in the search results so that your product will be reached by people. And a lot of things come organically once your yes. snowball keeps rolling, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah, and I wish the best for your business and, yeah, everything else related to your kids and being a mom, too, But home. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators Podcast at peachandplumlab.com.